Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Great weekend last weekend. Easter was amazing. We had so many visitors come and participate with us, and we're super excited. We had over 40 people raise their hands for salvation last weekend. So that is very exciting, and we are just blessed that God is continuing to open doors for us. How many of you saw that, that truck as you, as you pulled in? Uh, that food truck out there is looking amazing. Amen? We are going to have a fleet of trucks that Alpha Graphics is just doing an incredible job with. I don't think Troy's in the house today, but we just, we're so blessed by them and by their good work. And so we're excited to see those trucks uh, not only going to be in Missoula, but there are plans to expand our food bank to places like Arlie and other places like that. And uh, so we just need to be in prayer, amen, that God's going to continue to open doors for us to serve in new ways. And uh, so I just want to thank all of you who are been, have been participating today. We had our, our connect groups were out and they were serving in full force if you're not a part of the connect groups yet, you need to get tied in. That's next Sunday. They're, they'll be meeting immediately following the gathering. Uh, are you shaking your head no at me, Angela? Is that right? It's right next weekend, right? Oh, okay. All right. Um, all right. Just making sure. Uh, next Sunday, after, after the gathering, they'll be meeting in here. You can have lunch, and then you get to break into smaller groups after there's a teaching. It's just a great way for you to be able to uh, make relationships here at River of Life, and that's key as we move forward, don't be a person that just slips in and slips out. Amen. I'm just telling you right now, that's not going to do it. You need, to, you need to come in. You need to make relationships. You need to have people in your life that will notice when you're here, notice when you're not here, and pay attention. Amen? Amen. It's important. Also, I want to mention to you the breakout conference, which uh, you heard about during church chat today. It's at the end of this month, though, and this is our first time ever doing a conference like this. We're super excited. We've got pastors coming from other churches, but we would love for our church family to also be a part of that. That's on a Friday, and you can come out, and it happens all day. There's a, there's a, me, there's a couple of meals that are provided inside of the fee that you pay for that, but it's just uh, rolmt.com slash breakout, and uh, you'll be able to see all the information about what's going to happen on that weekend. And then May 1st, the day after that, is our day of service, and we want as many people. If you've not been here for a day of service, you are missing out because this is a day where we all come together in the morning. Uh, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. Some people just come for the breakfast burritos because um, they're good. And uh, so we, we start the day with the food truck. They do breakfast burritos. Then we come into this place and we all get a shirt that, that has this year's logo on it. And we worship together. And then we send teams all over the city. In fact, we're sending teams to Arlie and to some other places as well. There are other churches that are going to come and I believe join us this year. And we just want to go and serve our city. And so be, be mindful of that. Mark that day on your calendar right now, May 1st. And, and you'll see more and more details to come. And you'll be able to sign up and, and save the things that you'd like to participate in. But it's just an incredible way for the, the community at large to see the church loves them. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Well, we're starting a new series that we're calling Live Forward. And I just am I am challenged and excited because I believe that we're in a season right now where God is calling his church to press in, to push forward, to not let the enemy gain any more ground than he's already gained. Amen? Amen. 
I'm going to keep saying amen so you get in the habit of saying amen with me. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's look at Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Just the first part of it says this. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. God, we thank you so much for today, and we praise you, Father, for what you're doing. Pray right now in Jesus' name that as we dig into your word, that, God, you will speak to us, that, God, you will help us to grow wherever we are in our faith journey, God. I pray that tonight would be a night where we would feel deeper and we would, we would want more and that we wouldn't be satisfied with where we are. God, I pray for those who are watching in Star Valley this this weekend, that God, you would bless them, that God, as they begin to make plans to move into their new space and and prepare for what you have in store for them, we just pray a blessing on them. God, I pray that people who would never normally set foot in a church would be drawn to that outpost and that God, they would be drawn to your grace and to your love and to your acceptance of them. And God, we just pray over our Malawi outpost that God, we just thank you that God, this week they had over 140 people come to church. And so, Lord, we just know that you're going to bust the walls. As we talk about breakout, God, we just pray that you'll be able to break them out of the small facility that they're in and, and move them into a bigger place so that, God, your word can just continue to flourish in Malawi. And God, for us today, the Lord, let us, let us just put aside all distractions. Let us hear your voice and know that you love us right where, you are, where, right where we are, but, God, you're drawing us forward in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want us to look at this for just a few moments this evening because although God does the heavy lifting in our transformation to Christ into his likeness, we are still responsible to be disciplined and to move forward in discipleship. As I was just talking a few moments ago about our connect groups, one of the things that I love about what they're doing in the season that they're in is that they are really pressing in on discipleship. So if you are brand new to the faith or you've been in in the faith for some amount of time, they're teaching some of the basics, but you can be a part of whatever group you want to, and they will take you deeper than where you've been. And so I think this is so important for us to understand. I, I was thinking about this this week because as we talk about living forward, It means that we've got to come to a place where we're pursuing him. We're pursuing him daily. It's not something that we we just do on the weekend. It can't be just this weekend thing that happens when we come in here on Saturday night or Sunday morning. It has to be something that on a day-to-day basis, we say, God, I love you and I want more of you and I'm not satisfied with where I am, so I need you more. And, And for some of us, if you're like me, man, I grew up in the church. And so I, I can very easily get to a place where I just am like, oh, yeah, I already know that. Oh, yeah, I already, I've already done that. And I'm just telling you right now that our faith journey, if we're doing it right, it should be a constant surprise. It should be a constant thing that, that makes us wake up wanting and excited and, and just saying, God, what's next? And I, I pushed some of you a few weeks ago to say, hey, step into areas that would make you uncomfortable, so in other words, watch for opportunities with people that you may, you may come across and ask them, hey, can I pray with you? Hey, can I, can I step into your story? And, and I've heard some of you tell me that God used you in amazing ways. Somebody told me the other day that, that they were in Target and they just felt led to pray for somebody. I'm, just, I'm telling you right now that inside of us as we pursue him, it should change us. Amen. <clears throat> Oftentimes, though, we allow 
memories of the past to, to stop us. Maybe we've, maybe we've experienced something that is, I, I talk to people all the time who will come to church and they're like, man, I, I struggle with church because when I was a kid or, or when I was a young adult or, or this person did this to me and it's left a bad taste in my mouth. And so oftentimes we can allow different things to stop us in our pursuit. And I want to take just a few moments and I want to look at Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 10. It says this, I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So first thing we need to understand is if we're going to follow Christ, the thing that you have to do is keep your eyes on him, Right? Like if, if I say to you, if I, if I say, hey, afterwards tonight, let's, let's go grab dinner and you go, I don't know where that place is. And I say, well, follow me, right? And so I get in my car and you don't look at me. How many of you know you're not going to end up where I end up? <laughs> See, a lot of times we go, oh, yeah, I'm a follower of Christ, but we often take our eyes off of Christ. And then we wonder, why is it that we're not where we should be? And we go, man, it's hard because the world that we live in and the struggles that we have and the, the things that are going on and all the distractions that I'm telling you right now, he hasn't, made, he hasn't made a system that's impossible for you. The system that he's put into place is possible when you put your trust in him. So as you look at this idea, as we follow him, it's, it's in our pursuit that we're going to really experience what he has for us. And so I want to look at a few of the excuses as to why we may not pursue him. The first one is this. We don't pursue Christ because we're resting on past victories. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe you know of somebody who was like uh, an all-star jock when they were in high school. And they live in past victories. Maybe you've seen the guy who's in his 40s and he's still wearing his letterman's jacket. That thing don't fit. Like, I mean, he's like, he can't button it, but he's still got it. And he'll tell you every football story that he was ever a part of. He'll tell you how they won the state championship. He'll tell you that he ran that last touchdown. He'll tell you all of those things. And he is content, man, to live in his past victories. He's like, man, I, I used to bench 300 pounds, and now to bench 300 pounds, that's just called a push-up. Um <laughs> You, you never know where the amens are going to come. <laughs> but as we look at this, what we need to understand is we cannot be satisfied with our past victories. Amen. Some of us can go, man, I remember when I was a kid and I was part of a revival or I was at my church, we did this, or, or I was a part of this thing where, where we used to go and pray for people or I, I used to witness to people on the street or I used to, and we'd have all these past victories. But God is not calling us to past victories. He's calling us to future successes. Hallelujah. 
And so we need to walk in that and understand that as we pursue him, we can't rest in the past, but we've got to push forward and understand that it's a new day every day, and he has new things for you every day. He has new dreams and visions for you each and every day. He has people that he's going to put in your path today. He's got things he's going to put in your path tomorrow, and you need to be able to go, you know what, God, I, I'm not, today was a great day. Maybe you came out today and you served, and you were like, man, it was amazing to be at the food bank and to watch all these people receive hope, and, and I, I brought food to a car, and the, and the mom was there, and she's crying, and she's thanking us for what we're doing. I was able to pray with her, and you celebrate that, but that's today's victory. Amen. Tomorrow, there's a new one for you. Like, don't get so stuck in that today was great. What are we doing tomorrow? Because if the church all of a sudden will begin to understand that he has a new victory for you each and every day, then guess what? We're going to gain ground. Amen. We're going to take back what the enemy has stolen. Amen. The second reason that oftentimes we stop pursuing Christ is we don't pursue Christ because we are riding on someone else's coattails. Can I just tell you, your faith is your own. You don't get to ride on what your spouse has done. You don't get, because your spouse is highly involved in church, because your sister is big into church, because your parents were big into church. It's like when people come and they'll brag about uh, River. They'll go, oh man, River does so much outreach, and, and man, they, they're serving all the time, and they've never done a single day of service with river now don't get me wrong some of you if you, you maybe have good reason and 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 maybe you're financially helping and all that stuff that's great but i'm just telling you that that we've got to understand that in order to be able to to accept the victory we got to get in the game now, I had, I had friends, when we lived in Green Bay, we knew one of the pastor's wives that was in town, she worked for the Packers, and so when the Packers, she was the secretary, uh, one of the secretaries there, so when they won the Super Bowl, she got a Super Bowl ring. I have a friend that works for the Seahawks, and she also works in the head office, and so when they won the Super Bowl, she got a Super Bowl ring. And I thought, man, that's pretty cool, but it's not quite the same, Right? <laughs> I mean, I get it. You're part of the organization, so that's cool, and that's nice that they bought them all a ring. But the reality is, like, you don't go to them and go, hey, tell me a football story. Tell me about how you earned that ring. Well, <laughs> the paperwork were piling up that day. <laughs> Woo! And, I, I, man, I worked, I worked until 8 p.m. one night, and we just got that paperwork all taken care of, right? No, because, I mean, like you want to hear, man, yeah, I kicked or I, I ran in or I, I blocked or whatever. And, and, and it's great that they got the ring. But the reality is the best stories are when you're on the field. Amen. When you get to be the one that's out there and you're participating in the victory. People will often want to just kind of sidle along with someone else's victory. We see this a lot. You see this where somebody will, will have a, God will give them a dream and the Kazone class that they talked about earlier on is a great place if, if you're like, man, God, what is it that you have for me? I hear all these people have amazing dreams and plans and, and God's using them and, and we're seeing God open up all these doors, but I don't know what the dream is for me. Well, this class, that's what it's all about is going and, and, and figuring out how do I hear God's voice and when I do hear God's voice, how do I pursue it? How do I move forward in it? 
But as we look at that, what, I, what you need to understand is oftentimes what will happen is you'll go to a class like that and you'll sit down and, and God will begin to speak to you a dream or, or something that he's laid on your heart that you're supposed to do. And, and it's hard because you're starting with basically a blank piece of paper and you don't really know how to move forward in that. And so what will happen is someone will go to a class like that and they'll got to lay a dream on their heart for a ministry or something and they'll, they'll start to move towards it and they'll, they'll have many sleepless nights and, and hard work and, and sweat and, and tears. I'm really selling the class right now. Um, and, and you go through all of these things and it's hard and then, and then all of a sudden the day comes when, when the ministry is birthed and we start to see it in action and, and there's trucks, a fleet of trucks out in the parking lot or whatever. And then all of a sudden people will come alongside and now they want in. They want to come in and they want to now take over and tell you how to do it. That's called sidling alongside. I don't know if that's actually a thing, but they sidle into it, right? And they're like, hey, I, I, I don't want to do all the hard work. I, wanna, I want the credit for it though. And some of us have, have come to a place where we feel like we, we don't pursue Christ because we want to ride on someone else's coattails. Well, my parents, well, my grandpa was a great preacher. Well, my dad pastored for so many years. And so I, 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 I'm in, right? I'm in. I'm good because I, I, my family, my legacy of my family is really good. So I should be fine. Can I tell you, your relationship with God is your own. Romans 14, verse 10 says this, You have no right to criticize your brother or look down on him. Remember, each of us will stand personally before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue confess to God. Yes, each of us will give an account of himself to God. So what's not going to happen is on that day that you stand before God, there's not going to be a section that is, hey, River of Life section over here. And hey, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna give you a blanket over all of you who went to River of Life. Good job. You served well. You worshiped good. You, you listened to the bald guy as well as you could. And all of those things. And we don't just get a, no, it's individually. You are gonna stand before God as an individual and you're gonna be held in account for what you've done. So as we look at this, what you need to understand, when we talk about this idea of pursuit, don't get yourself into a position where you feel like it's okay because, I, because my pastor is good or because my parents were good or because my spouse has got their act together. They won't be standing there with you. You will stand before God on your own. The third thing is we don't pursue Christ because we get paralyzed by our past pain. And I'm going to stop, I want to land on this one for a little while because I think this is often one that we can get stuck on. We don't move forward because of our painful memory, the painful memories of our past. You can't get past your past. Psalm 69 verse 5 says this, My sins, O God, are not hidden from you. You know how foolish I have been. Now, that's a verse that's tough to hear because we all know that we've been foolish and we do stupid. If you're, you can put on a good show and act like you don't do stupid, but you do stupid. I do stupid. It's kind of who we are and, and, and that's the flesh in us, right? So we've got to continue to work on that. But inside of that, sometimes we can go, man, I've done so much dumb that there's no way that I can pursue God. 
I'm just grateful that God lets me in the house, frankly. I, I, I don't have any high expectations of anything because I'm just grateful that they don't kick me out when I walk into the room. And I'm telling you right now that, that inside of that, when we let ourselves live inside of those past memories, we stop moving forward in God's, in, into God's will. So we're foolish uh, when, we don't, when we do something wrong and then we try to sneak it past God. We try to stuff it in the closet or lock it behind a door, but God knows everything that we do. And that's the thing that you need to understand. Proverbs 5.21 says, For the Lord sees clearly what man does, examining every path that he takes. So you may even sit in the room today and go, Hey, I've been pretty good at no one figuring out my stuff. It doesn't matter because God knows your stuff. Now, for some of you, that scares you or that makes you feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be here. But what you need to understand inside of that is even though he knows your stuff, he still loves you. Even though he sees what a mess you are, he still's made a way for you. Everything you think, everything you see, everything you do, everything you feel, God knows it all. He already knows what you've done wrong and he still loves you. Listen to Psalm 103, verse 13. As a father is kind to his children, so the Lord is kind to those who honor him. He knows what we are made of. He remembers what, uh, that we are dust. So God understands you completely, and he, he's fully aware of your humanity. He knows what makes you tick. He knows your faults. He knows your fears. He knows your failures. He knows your frustrations. And he doesn't expect you to be Superman. He doesn't expect you to be Wonder Woman. He doesn't expect you to have your act together. He knows all those things about you. But I think about it in this way. If you're a parent, do you love your children in every stage of their development? You don't go, you don't go, I know sometimes that's harder. I, some of you have two-year-olds right now and you're like, ah, oh, I don't know. We love them still. Sometimes we root for them to get beyond where they are. But you still love them right where they are. And God loves you right where you are. Maybe you're not developing as fast as you should be developing, but he still loves you, and he sees the potential inside of you. The point is that God loves you at every stage, and so that uh, maybe you sit here and you've got unresolved guilt and unrealistic expectations, but you need to understand this. God's love is unconditional. It's not based on what you do or don't do. Some of us need to get that in our head because it's not based on what you do or don't do. Sometimes we're, we feel like we got to continually earn God's love. Now, don't get me wrong. We are called when we accept Christ, and that's what we're talking about is we're talking about pursuit. We're talking about getting closer to him, understanding what he, what he wants from us more. Why? Because out of this love that we have for him, it should make us want to be more like him. It's not out of guilt, it's not out of shame, it's not out of he's going to zap me with lightning if I don't get my act together. Some of us have this skewed picture of God that he's waiting to just step on you when you make a mistake. And that's not God, he's a parent. He's the perfect parent. And he loves you right where you are. So even in the midst of your mess, God says, I see you and I know the potential that he, that he placed inside of you. He's the one that designed you from before the world began. He knew you. Some of you need to hear that right now. Before the foundations of the world, he knew you. 
before he breathed this world into existence, he knew you. And he sees you and he loves you. And the potential in you that he placed inside of you, he's excited to watch it come to fruition as you press into him and begin to trust him more. And some of you, you got to get past that mindset of that God is just, he's waiting for me to screw up. Man, what kind of a parent would that be? If I'm on the sidelines just like, oh, I know they're going to screw up and then, I'm, I, then they're going to have I'm going to let them have it. No, I'm rooting for my kids. I want them to succeed. Now, don't get me wrong. My kids screwed up. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. No. <laughs> they screwed up plenty. And there was, there was consequences when there was a screw up. But it wasn't, the consequence was never, I don't love you. The consequences was never, uh, you know, that you, I'm done with you. The consequence was, hey, there's a consequence for your action. And some of you know what that is because you keep, you keep going backwards. And then you find consequence. And then you go, oh, man, I need to get back. And so you get yourself back into, into church and leaning in again. And you struggle with that back and forth. And I'm telling you right now, keep your eyes on him. Pursue him and watch what he does because he has always loved you. And his plans for you are so good, and the enemy pushes so hard to get you off track to keep your eyes off of him. The Bible teaches us in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, that there is no condemnation for those who live in union with Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? There are, there are people that are teaching today that it doesn't matter what you do, that, that everybody's okay uh, there's, there's series being taught on hell and all that stuff and that there isn't hell or that there's no consequence and how could God love you and, and let bad things happen and all that stuff. And I'm telling you right now, um, the Bible is very clear. Let's just be, let's be honest. There is a heaven, there's a hell. Amen. They're real places. Amen. But God's made a way. So you can't say how could a loving God, a loving God made a way. And there isn't one of us in this room that deserves a way. Amen. But he loves you enough that he said, I've, I've made a way for you. And so inside of that, as we look at this verse, it says, it says that we are in Christ. So what, how does that, if I, was to, if I was to have with me like a list of all my sin and all my mess, it'd be a lot longer than this. Um, I had a couple of things, just a couple, no. If, if, I had a, if I had a list of everything that I've ever done wrong, and I took it and I, and I was able to put it inside here like this. Now, when you look at this, what do you see? You see the Word of God, right? You don't see my sin and my stuff. Why? Because it's wrapped in something. When we talk about being in Christ Jesus, it means that when somebody looks at us, they can see Him and not our stuff. He's so gracious because he says, listen, you got, you got garbage, you got stuff, you've done stupid, you keep doing stupid. And, you, and, and so, so, but take it and put it in me. And if you'll put it in me, then I'm telling you right now that, that then we, there's no condemnation for me. I don't have to live with my head held down because I've screwed up and I've made mistakes because God said, no, 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 there's no condemnation for you because you put yourself in me. And for you, you may sit here today and you go, Jay, I've been doing some really dumb stuff. 
Some of you sit in the room and, it, and it's been just maybe a couple of weeks since you've been doing drugs and you've been messing up and you've been, you've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And you go, man, I, and I struggle and I, and I, I fight and I, I can't seem to. And, and so I feel condemned and I feel shame. And I'm telling you, say, Jesus, come into my life and be Lord of, of my life and help me to follow you and pursue you. And when you do that, he takes all that stuff and he says, no, put it in me. I'll cover you. You're covered. You don't have to walk in it anymore. You don't have to believe that about yourself anymore. It's not true anymore. It's not even about you don't have to believe it anymore. I'm telling you right now, it's not a matter of whether you believe it or you don't believe it. If you put yourself into Christ's hands, then he has wrapped himself around you, and there's no more condemnation for you. But we have to be in him, though. Too often we try to find healing by looking in our rearview mirrors. And when we do that, we are more likely to crash than we are to heal. See, some of us, as we talk about this, there's different things that we look back at. Sometimes we can look back at our past victories. And I'm telling you, if, that, if you're spending too much time looking backwards, you're not going forwards. For some of you, you're looking back at your past mistakes and your nonsense. And you're continually being reminded of what you, where you've come from. Don't get me wrong. Our testimonies are huge and they're important. So we need to always be, be able and ready to share our stories. To be able to say, man, I once was, but now I'm. Right? Those are, those are huge because the Revelations tells us that that's his, the, the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies is what destroys our enemy. Right? So it's important. So I'm not saying don't remember that stuff, but sometimes we get focused so far back that we begin to think that's who we are. And like we're, we're, like we're, 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 we're trying to fake it. Oh man, I know that who I am is a drug addict, but I've been pretty good about not doing drugs. No. No. It's not who God created you to be. See, the enemy lied to you at some point and so you got off track. You got off track. The creator of the universe did not create any drug addicts. He did not. There was no person that he designed to say, hey, you know what? You're going to be a screw-up. No, he said, I designed you and I have a perfect plan for you. But sometimes we get off track. So what we've got to do is when we look at the, the places where we got off track, the, the parts where we, we took the pen back from God and started writing our own story, we need to realize that's actually not who I am. I'm not that person. Because as I put my, my, myself into his hands, then all of a sudden now I become who he's asking me to be. I, I sit here today and I, and I understand that the, the group that I'm talking to there are, if I was to say, hey, raise your hand if you've ever been a drug addict, many of you would be surprised at how many hands would go up in this house. Raise your hand if you ever, and I'm not saying to do this, but raise your, if I was to say, raise your hand if you've ever been an alcoholic, you would see hands all over this place. Raise your hands if you've ever been addicted to pornography, you'd see hands all over this place. But what I don't ever want to see is raise your hands if you are a drug addict. Raise your hands if, because God, that's not what God says about you. 
That's not what he sees when he looks at you. He sees purpose. He sees hope. He sees life. He sees world changers. He sees people who are designed to make him famous. So we've got to flip the script and go, you know what, enemy? Every time you tell me that that's who I am, I'm going to remind you that that is not who God created. And I may have taken the pen for a while, and I may have written part chapters that I never should have written, but at the end of the day, he gets the pen for the final chapters of my story. And I'm telling you right now, if you give him the pen, the story always ends in victory. It always ends in victory. Because that's who he is. Your past is not your future. It doesn't matter what you've done or who you've done it with or how long you've done it. Throughout Scripture, God forgives murderers, adulterers, slackers. I like how I put that in with adulterers and murderers. (laughs) Don't really know why the order was like that, but... um, And he uses them to do his work and to change the world. You too have a great future ahead of you. Put your heart right. Reach out to God. See, God is saying tonight, and this is the beginning of a series that I believe is going to be pushing us, pushing us to a place where we are paying attention again. Man, we walked through a year where it feels like the things that we were trying to pay attention to, now all of a sudden everything just got derailed and everything is upside down and we're not sure what, what, what to do next. And, and the reality is, is, is what's supposed to happen inside of us has never changed. COVID, no COVID, riots, no riot, whoever's present, none of that matters because what's in us Amen. hasn't changed. What's supposed to be in us. God is saying, look at me, pursue me, follow me. And if you do that, then all of a sudden you set yourself up to change the world. So as we talk about living forward, what I'm asking you to do for the next few weeks is to really pay attention to what you're, what you're spending your time and your energy on. Because I do believe with all my heart that we are entering into the final days. I believe that, that we are going to step into times where there is going to be like legitimate persecution of the church. And we see that in other parts of the world, but we have not yet seen that in this country. But I'm telling you right now, this book tells us it's coming. So as believers, we've got to lean in and we've got to understand that we're ready to take on whatever God, whatever comes our way so that we can be who God needs us to be. Second Corinthians last week, we talked about this at Easter. I, I read this verse to you. Verse five, uh, chapter 5, verse 17, anyone who is joined to Christ is a, is a new be- being. The old is gone, the new has come. For many of us, we accept Christ and we go, yeah, this is awesome. And you'll watch new believers and they're like so excited that they're out there and they're sharing their faith and they're telling everybody that they know about this incredible thing that took place. And then there are those of us who are seasoned believers We just kind of lose the the excitement of it. Why? Because we just got used to what we've been doing. 
That's why I'm telling you, it should be new every morning. Every morning we should wake up and just go, God, I'm excited for today. Put people in my path that you'll that I can reach out to. Put people in front of me that need you. Put people in front of me that need prayer today. Put people in front of me that 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 you'll use me to change their world, to step into their story. And all of a sudden now this fire begins to come alive in us. Because now we're part of a transformation. You know, I I get up here and I say, hey, over 40 people accepted Christ last week, and we should be excited about that. But you know what? It should be the usual. It shouldn't be the abnormal. It shouldn't be, oh, once a year that happens. And I'm grateful because we're at a church where we see people accept Christ all the time, and that's awesome. But it shouldn't just be in this room. You may go, well, I, I don't know how to do that on the street. Well, I'll tell you what you don't have to do. Hey, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? Will you, if, if, will you just raise your hand if you want to accept Jesus here in the aisle at Walmart? Please don't do it that way. I'm begging of you, don't do it that way. It's life on life. It's conversational. It's, it's saying, God, open my eyes to see the need in front of me. And you'll be surprised how many people that you just open a door and all of a sudden you're talking and you're just going, hey, do you have a relationship with Jesus? No. Man, I went to church when I was a kid. I used to go to Sunday school. But then as I got older, I just kind of went away from that. And I, I don't know. And you have this opportunity to go, oh, man, me too. That's my story. I used to go to church and then... But then all of a sudden I realized that it's not this religious thing, it's a relationship and that Jesus loves me. And man, can I just tell you how screwed up I was? I was such a mess. And I started going to church and they actually didn't judge me, they loved me. And then, and then they told me that Jesus loves me even though I'm messy. And now all of a sudden you got somebody that's sitting there going, what? I never heard that. And there you are in the aisle at Walmart leading somebody to Jesus Christ. All of a sudden now fire comes alive in you. Man, we gotta let it burn. We gotta press in. I believe that we're gonna step into a season where we're gonna just see, we're gonna see so many people come to know the Lord. We're gonna see things happening in places like our Lee, where God's gonna just do some transforma- transformation in people's hearts and lives. I believe it because he's called us to it. And if we'll pursue it, he'll meet us where we are. And he can do exceeding abundant above anything that we could ever ask or hope for. Because that's the God that we serve. I'm asking everybody to close your eyes with me for a few moments as we close this time together. We're going to close with a little bit more worship. And I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come forward. And if you need prayer for anything, you're always welcome to come up. And they would love to pray with you about whatever your circumstance is, whatever you're going through. But I really feel like tonight as we start this new series, I feel like there are some of us in the room that if we're honest, one of these excuses may be something that we are familiar with. Maybe if we're honest tonight, there's one of these things that as we've talked about, either, either just resting on past victories or, or coming to a place where, where we are believing that, that it's, it's because of our family tree or our heritage that we're okay and we're just fine with just coming to church. 
singing the songs and maybe even doing a little bit of ministry, but we're not actually leaning in or pursuing him in any way. Maybe you have allowed your past to be the definition of who you are. And tonight, I just want you to hear me as I say this, that God has so much more for you. And I can say this with a straight face, knowing full well that it's true. There's not one of us in this room that is, that is exactly where we should be with him. There isn't one of us. We all need more of him. And you may go, man, I've, I've been leaning in and I've been pursuing him, but I'm telling you, there's more. He's got more for you. What would happen if a church in East Missoula all of a sudden said, hey, we're all going to pursue him. We're going to lean in. We're going to trust him. And we're going to expect more. We'll change the world is what will happen. But we got to stop being comfortable. And we got to start pursuing. So tonight, I'm going to pray over you because I believe that there are many of you in in the house that you just need to spend a little bit of time in as we worship and just say, God, help me to lean in. Help me to want you more. And for some of you, it's going to mean doing something you've never done maybe in your whole life, and that's stepping from your seat and coming to an altar and just saying, God, I'm laying it all down here. I don't care what anybody else thinks. See, many of us, we don't pursue because we're worried that what will look like. Who cares? Who cares? Pursue. Pursue. Watch what he does. He's so good, and he loves you so much. God, we thank you so much that you love us right where we are, that, Father, I know that there are those who are within the sound of my voice, and and they're messy, and they they keep screwing up, and they've allowed the past to be the definition of who they are. And God, I'm grateful because if we put the pen back in your hand, Lord, the story that you've written about us is amazing. God, we come against an enemy who lies. He's good at it. He's done it so long. But God, we're not gonna believe those lies anymore. We're gonna trust you and know that you have amazing plans for us. So God, I pray for us as a church that we will lean in, that we'll pursue you, that we'll believe you, that we'll take you at your word, and that our expectations would rise, that, God, church isn't the weekend. Church is who you called us to be, that wherever we are, we're having church. Wherever we go, the church is there. And that, God, we will reach those who are unlovable, that we will chase those who nobody wants to chase, that we will see transformation in our community because you are great and you are in us. God, I pray boldness over this body, that we will be bold and that we will chase you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all that we are. God, we give you all the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and worship with us? The altars are open. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks. Thanks.